in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee. It's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegeris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegeris. Today we want to focus on one of our key leaders in the practices, Stephanie Moore. You may or may not have worked with Stephanie personally, but you do see her expertise and talents displayed in each of the unique and fantastic frames we have displayed in each of our offices' opticals. So Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's start with some basics, but the important stuff for everyone. Where'd you grow up and where'd you go to school? I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. And I went to college for a little bit at Texas A&M, mm-hmm. so Gigam Aggies. <laughs> As, so uh, along those lines, you, were, you, uh, you grew up in Fort Worth. So if TCU and A&M are playing, who do you root for? What color do you wear? Oh, um, I'm, I have been a Horn Frog fan longer than an Aggie fan, so I would have to say TCU. I'm going to put the purple on, huh? My dad used to be a camera guy at TCU. And so I was in the newspaper as an infant. So wow. I feel like TCU is the, where my loyalty would gotcha. probably gotcha. lie. Now, are your parents still in Fort Worth? <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. They are um, in the same house that I grew up in. And all of my extended family is there, too. Okay. So. Brothers, sisters, how many? Um, I have... Two, I'm the oldest, mm-hmm. so my brother is next in line. He's the middle, um, and he actually lives in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. And my sister and her husband live in Birmingham with my two little nieces. Aha. So that's really just like our family. Susan and I had three, two girls and a boy in the middle, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. I, you know, you and, you and our oldest daughter, Kristen, do have some resembling characteristics. I think there is something unique about birth order and the first child. And I'll, yes. bet, I'll bet your younger brother and your younger sister really do look up to you for... They may not always agree with you, but they probably look up to you, don't they? Probably. Maybe a little. I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to ask them, but hopefully. So hopefully. we have seen this every time you talk about, walk around here, or have visited Birmingham. We see you walking about six inches above the ground because of your nieces. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about them. What's it I, like to be an aunt? Oh, it's my favorite job. Um, I have two nieces. One of them um, is Addie June, and she is three. And Lottie May is about a year and a half. Um, and they call me Aunt Steppy, <laughs> which Lottie just said my name for the first time yesterday. And it kind of comes out peppy. So, but whatever, I'll You'll take it. You'll take it, right? Um, and she, my three-year-old niece... My sister says all the time, I feel like I'm raising you and I don't know what to do because she loves all things fashion. She loves putting on dress up, loves mm-hmm. all the princessy things, sings around the house. So I take credit. I was going to say, so she's inherited your expert <laughs> fashion sense. So. Is that right? Because you are definitely noted so. around here as, uh, as just, you, you know, you, you just, some people just have it. They can put it together and it's just like they, they got it. The other thing that you do well is you match your frames really well with the things that you wear. And that's a unique talent too, right? Yes, which, I try to. I try to. Which gets us into 
your role at Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. You're the optical retail manager. What responsibilities does that job entail? So my main responsibilities um, are I've, I'm the frame buyer, so all mm-hmm. the frames that you see, um, I purchase those. I do some sales training and merchandising with the opticians. Um, I handle all of our inventory pricing, all of our board management, so I keep track of how many frames are on the board at any given time and how many I need to order. Um, I deal with all of the accounts payable on the back end, so I go through our invoices and make sure we have the correct discounts. Um, I process our orders and submit insurance, and I meet with reps um, usually about every six to eight weeks, depending on the line, sometimes 10 to 12 if it's a a more unique brand and Mm -hmm. I don't need to see them as often, but that's my, that is my main role. Um, so, so, well, that's that's a, that's a main role apostrophe S, right? Yes. <laughs> lots, lots of things going that's on there because each of those could be individual roles. One of the things that we have always been very impressed with you, certainly I have, um, among many things, is that your ability to balance the creative, artistic side of selecting frames and fashion with the analytical side of making sure that patients' insurance is processed accurately, correctly, because that is a confusing thing. Mm-hmm especially for patients, even for offices, right? You have Mm -hmm. helped consult with different opticians over the years and have found even in some straightforward examples that you get a lot of variance as to what the opticians come up with with the patient's price from an insurance standpoint. But you've made made it one of your missions to be very consistent and and especially with our team, to make sure that those are uh, calculated accurately and processed accurately, mm-hmm. right? So yes. is, have you always had that, like when you were growing up, did, did you say, hmm, do, should I be an accountant or a graphic designer? I mean, have you always had this kind of expertise in both areas, or is that kind of developed? I feel like it's developed the longer I'm in this business, mm-hmm. because I was probably, math is probably my worst subject in school. Wow. So it's funny to be in a job that I uh, work with numbers most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I found that I kind of, I enjoy that. And I I like to see, I like to get us the best profitability while still keeping in line with affordability for patients. Absolutely. I find that... um, I find that fun, actually. Yeah, so um, profitability, affordability, saleability, it's all a question of value, really, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Because we have everything from, you know, a $99 package for frame and lens and warranty included to you can spend almost as much as you want, depending upon whether you look at this as I just want my basic or whether I, hey, but this is such an important thing about people's image, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have to really be selecting frames that you know are going to represent a whole lot of different images because our patients, we've got an eye care part, the optical expertise part, and there's a lot to that. That's why we don't just hire somebody from Wendy's, and no offense to Wendy's, but we don't just bring in here and go, okay, hey, you can pick out clothes and shoes and now pick out frames. There's an awful lot of knowledge that you have to have about Centration and nearsighted, farsighted optics, and all of that. Wouldn't you agree? And, and I believe yes. you're, you're even ABO certified now. Is that right? As a uh, I am. Or, which is a tremendous accomplishment. I am. American Board of Opticianry, and that says an extra level of credential that mm-hmm. says I understand not just the fashion side, but really the optics and the optical side, and uh, very well. So, um, was that? A, do you think it was? It's harder for people to learn the optics side. 
or the fashion side, or does it vary depending upon when we when we're looking for good opticians? I think it probably varies person to person. Um, I kind of always say when you're selecting frames, you either have kind of a knack for it or you don't. There's a little, I think there's a little bit of natural talent that kind of plays into it. Um, And you do pay attention to facial shapes and structures and things like that. But when you're with a patient, you're not saying, oh, you have an oval shape, so I'm going to go pull a square. (laughs) Like you're not talking like that Mm -hmm. with a patient. So I think they're you need to know those things so you can apply them. Um, but I would say optics is maybe a little bit harder trying to, uh, to read a prescription. Because a lot of times patients want frames that they see online that are super big, but they might have a high plus or a high minus prescription mm-hmm. that's either going to magnify their eye or minimize it depending on what their prescription is. And so you as the optician have to... You have to be able to guide them into, okay, well, I know this is the style that you're going for, but this particular frame is too big or too small, and be able to explain those things. And so I think that probably takes a little bit more time than, than the fashion stuff because it's not, you gotta, there's a finesse to um, marrying mm-hmm. the two mm-hmm. of those. And while we recommend different glasses for different uh, activities like being on the computer or sunglasses for outside or for golf or for every day or for dress up professional going out to dinner versus fun with my spouse or my friends going out on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, the reality is a lot of people end up with, this is my frame. This is going to have to represent me in all of my activities. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to look the way I want to project. Mm-hmm. And it's not like my 15 pair of shoes that somebody might have in a closet. This is my one pair. It's got to feel good, look good. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a really, that's a, that's a weighty decision that you have, right? It is. <laughs> it is. Because you've got people Very that come so. and say, I, know, I think I know what I want. But the majority of people are really looking to you for guidance, aren't they? On, on what do you want to project and let me help you, right? Yes. I would say that most people, especially when they shop at our locations, are here because we know what they need and can couple it with what they want. Mm-hmm. And you can't really get that experience if you're shopping online or um, I, I've never really shopped in a big box store, if you will, for glasses. So they could do that. I don't. I don't know. Um, but I feel like that's what we are really great at around here is being able to really do both of those. Yeah, I think think it's like anything in business. It goes back to what is the mission and what is your stake in the ground? And our stake in the ground are based upon relationships. Mm -hmm. And and an an avenue of displaying that relationship is understanding in the optical what a patient wants, what a patient needs, what's going to work best for them so that they come back in in six months or a year or two years, whenever they come back and they Mm -hmm. go, you know what, gosh, am I so glad that you helped me with this because I've gotten so many compliments, right? I mean, that's really the measure, one of the measures of of success, you know? Well, and we can get people to try on different, we can show them how different colors will still be neutrals Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. You know, some people may not put on a teal frame or a purple frame and think that they can wear it with everything, but depending on their skin tone and 
their eye color and things like that, they absolutely can mm-hmm. do that. And so I think... There's a, it's interesting because there's a lot of science involved in, like you were mentioning before, face shape, complexion, hair. But over time, and you've trained our opticians so well in this, they don't really think about that, neither do you. It just is. It just becomes second nature. You can look at somebody and go, this is what Jeff should wear. This is what Cole should wear. This is what Cole shouldn't wear. This is what Jeff shouldn't wear. I always love it when you know, you have a rep come in and they have different frames, and you go, Dr. Jeff, try this on for me. I want to see. And then you look at it, and I'm looking at you. I can't see the frame. And you go, no, I don't think so. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Because you know that I don't look good in a whole lot of frames, so there are a lot of, no, I'm not, I don't think so is when you're, when you're doing that. But when you do have one that looks okay on me, it's probably going to be pretty good on others, right? That's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yes, I have to I have to watch myself sometimes because patients will pick out their own frames and what your opinion and I'll just be like no you can't have that and they'll be like oh and I'll have to just tell them I'm sorry that I'm sorry I didn't mean it that harshly but no that's not we're not gonna do that you know what but I learned (laughs) early in my career that in optical people want you to be open and honest with them they want to hear that it's okay that that frame doesn't look good you know it in fact it's important for opticians to not always say yes you yes. know, they have to say, no, that is not a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, a little bit of you is in every single frame people are walking around with. Mm-hmm. And, and that's representing your, the quality of your work. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to make them look good. So let's talk about that. I mean, it, how for people that don't know, I mean, they see, wow, they may come in and go, all oh, these frames look alike. How do we differentiate them? Or they may go, wow, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, how do you how do you pick frames? What's the process for doing this? I mean, do you just look in a catalog and go, oh, I think I want this one, this one, this one, that one, or um, help me with that? No, I do not look in a catalog. Um, I when I'm with reps, you want to pick up the frames and um, you want to see how they feel and check out your hinges and the quality and all of those kinds of things when you're frame buying. I tend Personally, I tend to stick to kind of a fashion triangle, if you will, when mm-hmm. I do it. And so how that breaks down is you have your top tier are your innovators of people, which um, are going to be kind of the funkier styles that you see opticians wear or just some of those outlandish things. Um, and then next, you're going to see your early adopters. So those are people that are going to watch the trends and kind of adopt them a little bit later. But 69% of people are going to be in your majority. And so those are your name brands, like your Ray-Ban and your Kate Spade and Tiffany and recognizable brands that people know. So you want to have more of those frames than you have specialty frames. Uh, because that is what people are mm-hmm. more so going to gravitate to. And then you have your laggards, mm-hmm. which are, um, I call you, the... You weren't looking at me when you no, said that, were you? Okay, I just no, want, just want to make sure. Those are kind of your, I would say, like, I I'll just think of, like, older gentlemen like my grandpa who had a double bar, like, my whole life. Uh-huh. It was just a giant frame. So that's I, that is what I'm looking at overall when I'm purchasing frames but as a frame buyer you want to know what your demographic is and I mean I have two offices and the demographic in Cool Springs is different than in Donaldson so some frames that work 
um, in Franklin don't work as well in Donaldson. And so we have a lot of the same brands, but we also have some different brands because the demographics are different. So Mm -hmm. you want to pay attention to, I try and keep track of who's buying more and Mm -hmm. women tend to buy more than men, uh, but only by about nine or 10%. So you want to have mostly men's and women's frames and then in Donaldson, we don't really have a ton of kids, so mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of kid brands over there, but we have a lot in Franklin. And so I try and keep um, anywhere from 100 to 120 at any given time mm-hmm. for kids just mm-hmm. so they have a variety. Um, so that's kind of how I do so the, if So the if, we had, if we suddenly had eight offices, you still would, you'd still look at that triangle, the fashion triangle, similarly and... Uh, but you might have different innovative frames in certain offices yes. and, and maybe a preponderance of kids if it was in a younger demographic with more kids. Mm-hmm. And so every office is going to have some similarities, but also be very customized, right? Yes. That's, that's, an, that's an interesting art because I see certainly big box stores that basically have somebody sitting in Washington, D.C. or New York City and going, okay, this is what we're going to put in every store. Mm-hmm. And whether it's Santa Fe, New Mexico, or whether it's the Midwest or the Southeast, this is what you get, you know. You yes. certainly see that in bigger box stores even around here where it's, I know how those decisions are made. They're very much made for them. Mm-hmm. This is what you will stock, and they're doing it completely on analytics, right? Yes. Which can be a good thing in some aspect, but there's a lot more to it than that. I mean, if you just want to be the same mm-hmm. every single time, then you're going to just do that, right? Yes. But if you want the opportunity, you're an early adopter, you're an innovator, Mm-hmm. Um, you you want something more than just average, right? I don't yes. want it to look the same at any of our offices, and neither do you. No. So, um, frames come from different countries. Do you have to travel to each of those countries to get them? I wish. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You don't have to. I guess that expense report, uh, <laughs> the pre-approved expenditure report for the trip to Paris. Uh, you saw my denial. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, okay. I did. Okay. I did. As a matter of fact. <laughs> All right, so let's let's do that though. Let's go along those lines, and I'm going to hit a couple of main com- countries uh, that make frames. And give me your either one word or just a quick one sentence impression of what you think of when you think of frames made in France. Um, I would say funky. Okay, frames made in Italy. I would say luxury. Japan. Sleek. Denmark. Colorful. Germany. I when I think Germany, I think of their hinges because huh. most frames have German hinges. Fun fact. Yeah, interesting. They they do it the best. So, yeah. so it's kind of the I engineering mean. and the technical yes. aspect of that. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh, China. Mass produced. Okay. And America. I think of Chicago made because state a line that we carry in Cool Springs is all made and manufactured in uh, Chicago. And they're all named after different parts of town and different streets. And mm-hmm. so that's what I think when they call themselves American luxury. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And that's, isn't it, co- the company is Europa, is that correct? Correct. And then, so they have these different lines. And mm-hmm. Chicago seems to be a hub of 
remanufacturing now of frames, where it used to be that American frames were very, very common. A lot of it was started to go to Europe and Asia, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing, a, a, you know, we can do it here, and we can do it really well. And, and mm-hmm. you brought up a really good example. State is a good example of a Europa frame. We yeah. used to carry drift, but drift mm-hmm. is a good example of it's not easy. You, yes. you can make a great frame, have a great story, but it's got to sell enough, right? Yes. And uh, for various reasons, uh, I, I will tell you that one of, you know, that was a wooden frame made from wood pulled up from the Mississippi River from boats that had sunk. I mean, mm-hmm. what a great, cool story, and mm-hmm. they had cool names. And it's one of the most comfortable frames I ever wore. But the individual handcraftiness of that, if you will, took so long for them to come in that that they they needed to run the business in a way that we could continue to get them. So it's really, yes. it, this is not an easy business for frame manufacturers, is it? Because there are a lot of people that can do this, right? Yes. Um, and, but they can't all do it well, right? Is there, true. Is there much difference between um, a stamped out frame, no matter where it's made, you know, just a molded, put it in the mold, stamp out a million of these mm-hmm. versus handcrafted i mean how many steps does it take to really make a a pair of frames when i pick one up does it vary i would say if you're getting a very good quality frame Uh it takes about 70 steps wow wow Uh, and it just seems like there's a front two temples you connect them with a german hinge and you move on Mm -hmm. not the not the case no um no state uh, just since we're on that subject, uh-huh. um, they their frames have 70 steps, and 35 of them are done by hand. Wow. So uh, there is a definite difference in the quality of those frames than some of the other ones that are that are mass produced. So and the well, craftsmanship. Right? Oh yes, I one thing I like about State they're very uh, they're very into the details of all of their frames. Mm -hmm. So the temple tips are in the shape of a triangle on every frame, and they have 21 holes that they hand drill and fill with epoxy because Illinois is the, uh, was the 21st state. Mm. And so Mm. that is on the back of all of their temples. And um, they do use German hinges, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, but they are in the shape of a triangle as well. So they have it, you know, all throughout their frame design. And, and the way they do the temple, it's a little bit thicker. Um, well, depending on what style you get. Um, the temple tips are a little bit bigger, but they, they just fit your head uh, a little bit better mm-hmm. than so some. more comfortable stays in shape maybe yes yeah and, and this is not a commercial for for state although we probably ought to say hey europa <laughs> maybe you want to sponsor this episode but, <laughs> it's true. but but state does represent again we were getting on american made the mm-hmm. resurgence in, in american frames being made high quality high quality luxuries mm-hmm. um if you will and there are other companies that are doing some things that have their own yes. unique story, if you will. So oh, I would say Fossifos has huh. just on yeah, yeah. their um, their French design. Wait a minute, Fossifos? You mean the, the one that looks like face a face? Face a face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most okay. people uh, say that, but uh-huh. it's Fossifos. Fossifos. Okay. Um, their process, depending on if it's an acetate frame or a metal frame, takes wait, anywhere. Wait, wait, acetate. That's you get into chemistry. Plastic. Now. It's okay, plastic. Gotcha, gotcha, it's just xyle. Okay, xyle. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Man. <laughs> Guys, there's a lot of names. There's a lot of names. <laughs> but you just notice plastic. Okay. Um, 
depending on whether it's a, a plastic or a metal frame, it takes anywhere from from the design. A lot of times they make designs and they don't have the tools to make them right away. So they take anywhere from 12 to 18 months hmm. to produce just one style. Um, so that's why they are uh, on the higher end of price because they take a lot of time mm-hmm. and they go into a lot of detail. And a lot of times their patterns are individual to each frame because they the way they do their colors um, and lay them out you're you're never gonna get one that's exactly like the other so so anyway it's, that's why it's and the craftsmanship yeah. if you will with that number of steps and and let's say in that example you used earlier half of those being individual that's gonna allow for a little extra craftsmanship and individuality so that mm-hmm. the frame I put on may not look and be, I may not see the same thing walking down the street five times. Right? I hope you don't. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> that's the point. Yeah. So you talked about color. Uh, there are Pantone colors every year, and I know you always do a presentation at the staff meeting about this year's Pantone color in fashion. What is it this year in 2000? This year, 2020. Um, <laughs> oh, 2000. I guess I, guess <laughs> I better catch up. Hey, yeah. hey. 2020. Um, this year, the color is classic blue um and what pantone kind of sets the tone for the entire fashion industry um but i will say and i did this in our stories so you can if you want you can go to our instagram Instagram. highlights Mm -hmm. and i've got some different outfit choices um that you can put together that go with that palette because it's not just everything in your wardrobe needs to be blue you can uh pick different different colors to um to go with them so you want to look at overall palettes um and that's how you can help people you're not just talking about only your frame you're thinking about the entire wardrobe and look for for a person right yes absolutely all right so that changes every year is that right or every six months when what those pantone it changes every year. So the main color stays the same, but depending on uh, winter, spring, summer, fall, you'll see different palettes within okay. that main okay. color. So with regard to that, when you when do you find out about the Pantone colors or the trends? Do you start hearing about that before it's announced? I mean, how do you anticipate these type of things, or do you just... You just kind of, because you follow this and because it's your job, you know these things. And so then you kind of make some adjustments, I would assume, mm-hmm. in the style of the frames or, the, or that that you pick. Um, I kind of pay attention to the main color. I look either towards the end of December or beginning of January to see what it is. Because mm-hmm. most of the time your frame companies are not going to come out with their spring collections until the beginning of the year. So, uh, or sometimes within the first two or three months of the year, just because of when the expos fall so a lot of times they'll wait until march to do big releases mm-hmm. um expos what's an expo i'm sitting out there in the audience going what what's an expo I mean, it used to be a montreal expos is that because right. a baseball team not anymore we, uh, there are there's a vision expo east and okay. vision expo west mm-hmm. um, east is held in new york at the javits center and mm-hmm. west is in las vegas so they do two a year, and it's big shows where all different parts, not just frame companies, you'll see uh, equipment and stuff for contacts and 
all that is mm-hmm. it's kind of just a big uh, vision convention and you can take classes and um, that's where I usually get a chance to um, to see some new frame lines that are coming out or new frame styles with what I already carry. Um, so they just kind of do it in one big place. Yeah, so these, these frame companies aren't sitting there developing these and just releasing them. Hey, Joe, we finished that one? Okay, let's send it mm-hmm. out next Monday. They yeah. kind of wait for these big expos yes. because they know they have people like you that are going to be looking, and that's when they're really trying to say, here's our new line, if you mm-hmm. will. You ought to think about carrying it, right? Yes. And so we look at, and so it's good that you don't just wait for something to reach Nashville, Tennessee, because we probably aren't the first place that a French or Italian designer is going to release their product. They will release it more in New York or Las Vegas at the mm-hmm. expos, mm-hmm. and then we can bring it here almost simultaneous with when it's released in another place, right? Yes, I try not to wait. What, what type of <laughs> trends are you seeing now? We've gone from, I really thought it was funny the other day, you and I both know we had a, a gentleman who had had a frame since 1970, and by golly, when you, and he's had the same frame. And, you know, he knows it's not made anymore, but he loves it because he got it in the military. And he was one of my favorite patients. But so we'd be hard pressed to ever, if that frame broke, be able to replace it. Except that because you mentioned a double bar. I sat there with him and he, I said, how long have you had that since the 70s? And I, I love it. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything different. And yet I put the frame you put me in a year ago up next to his double bar same frame, same lens shape. It's so these these styles really cycle, don't they? Like I look at this and I go, I wore this frame 30 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, but I like it now. I get more compliments on this than a credit to you because I wouldn't have picked it on my own than any other frame. I have young people at Starbucks that go, I really like your glasses. Yeah, yes. Cool Springs I care, Donaldson I care, but mm-hmm. um, so things really kind of cycle like that. What are the trends now, Steph? Are we going small? Are we going big? They cycle all the time. Um, I would say you're still going to see the glasses trending big. I, I have seen uh, some smaller sunglass shapes that actually have chains that you wear in the front. Help us. Um, I don't know why that's here, but it's here. <laughs> like a librarian? I've got some. Like, a, like an old librarian look type of thing? Or? Yes. Oh. Only that it's like crystals now. So, oh, you know. Billie Eilish is wearing it, so you got to have it. It's kind of that Sedona thing. You know, the crystals give you it's, positive energy. It's very interesting to uh-huh. me. Okay. Uh, I feel like you're still seeing a trend in the larger frames. You're still seeing the crystal clear color, but you're also going to be seeing translucent tints um, hmm. as well. So I've seen a lot of greens and blues and burgundies, brown, champagne colors. So not... It's kind of trending away from, I think, uh, the totally clear to adding just a hint of color. Okay. Um, Kate Spade has been doing that. Uh, we've got their Peyton frame in the green that sold out immediately. Um, we have some burgundy colors in that. So, anyway. Hmm. Um, but that, and I think you're going to see a combination. Our new line, um, Arbor does this really well. They have some plastic front, but really thin kind of titanium metal temples on the side. Uh, so I think you're going to see a lot more of that, kind of that retro mm-hmm, s- Superman mm-hmm. style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The lens shapes are tending to be still round or larger squares. I've seen some geometrical shapes as well, so they're getting a little funky. Hmm. Um, you're not going to see small rectangle frames, so those are not coming back, thank God. Okay. Uh, well, but for a while, so. we had real small rectangular frames, didn't mm -hmm. we? That was more of a Northern European influence, I think, yes. kind of the Danish, Euro German kind of yes. technical, but not as necessarily as fashionable, although it was yes. at that time. but Yeah. yeah. I do see some... Uh, I see more metal frames making a comeback that are maybe 80s, 90s style with mm -hmm. the bigger round frames, but uh, I would say updated colors. So okay. where I would have just a normal tortoise shell in the seventh grade, you're going to get, you know, different burgundies or nude colors or mm -hmm. something like that that's a little bit more up to date, but similar shapes to back then. So. so if you're catching us in the middle, we're talking with Stephanie Moore, who's the optical retail manager of Cool Springs Eye Care in Franklin, Tennessee, Donaldson Eye Care in Donaldson, Tennessee, right outside Nashville. Um, Stephanie does a tremendous job in doing all the frame buying, coordinating fashion with the optics and the optical expertise to make people look and see their best. And you're, um, she's mentioned just some great things so far. I'm gonna put her on the spot. And I'm going to give some different demographics because everybody doesn't wear the same thing. We might end up having to make this into a couple or three different episodes. But let's let's do this. I'm a 55-year-old executive out there in, in business, okay? I'm a vice president of a company. I lead people. I'm frequently wearing suits. I'm maybe slightly graying, just like me, on the temples. Uh, what are you laughing about? And, uh, and I'm an empty nester now. So I need to look and want to look professional a lot of the time. Um, what... What type of image, again, a person's going to vary, but what type of frame comes to mind for somebody if, if they start walking in the optical to you? Well, you're sort of describing my dad. Um, and I will tell you that I have recently fit him in a Tom Ford frame mm -hmm. that is an acetate on the front and metal temples, and it's kind of a dark blue color, and he's got salt and pepper hair and bright blue eyes, so it looks really great. Um, I also have put him in a pro design, so I think both of those brands work really well for if you're wearing a suit during the day or if just in your everyday life mm -hmm. in that age demographic, it keeps, I'd say it keeps my dad looking hip. So, okay. right. so I would pick those first. Um, for, for an executive. I'm going to uh, make a note here that I, I'm hoping that you'll keep me hip in a Tom Ford or a ProDesign frame <laughs> yeah. there. All right, now I'm a 36-year-old mom of two children, uh, busy at home with the kids. Uh, I've kind of put my career a little bit on hold, but I want to look good. I want to. I still want to be fun, and I definitely want to be stylish, mm -hmm. uh, especially if I go out on the town or out on date night. What, what are you thinking about for that? So I would choose... Uh, I would choose some fun, some fun shapes from maybe some well-known brands like a Kate Spade or a Tiffany. Uh, maybe even we carry a brand called Woo, um, and I think there's. How some, do you spell that Woo? It's W O O W. Okay. Okay. Um, I think those have some really great shapes. They're kind of classic, but they're also really fun. They have great fun colors. So I. I think if you're going to go out on the town and you don't wear your glasses a ton or people don't see you in them a lot, mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. I mean, 
just go big or go home. So. <laughs> okay. I like the fact when you mention something like Woo that you have, and you mentioned Kate Spade, so you've got the known designers that you may be able to get to some other places, but you've also got very unique styles like Woo that mm-hmm. you, you can't find very many places. That's really cool. Uh, all right, now I'm getting into the artistic one. You know, a lot of people around here in Nashville, I'm a 28-year-old graphic designer. I'm creative. I'm artsy. I work from home. I frequently hold Zoom meetings while I'm drinking my Starbucks and I'm checking out ways. They're on not my having way. Starbucks. They're having local coffee. Oh, that's right. Well, nobody would local. have Starbucks, right? Local and... Um, Crema. <laughs> okay, there, there you go. Local sourced beans and, and the whole thing. And so, but I might occasionally have some Zoom meetings with my bosses. So, what are you thinking for this person? I would start with, because I feel like that demographic is the first demographic that's going to go look at Warby Parker. So, mm-hmm. I would start with our Arbor line, just because I think the styles are very similar. The price point is uh, maybe a little bit more, but the quality is excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would start there, but I would also, I would say they could do something unique, maybe even a little bit on the funky side because you're a creative, so you can get away with that. Um, so I would say a Woo, a Fossa Foss, or one of the state that we were talking mm-hmm. about. Um, all of those have some pretty unique, uh, you're not going to find online right. styles. And especially for somebody like that that doesn't want to look like everybody else. Yes. Right? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm a 16-year-old high school student. I mix my vision needs with contacts and glasses. Let's say I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Important time in life, you know, mm-hmm. all that type of stuff. So what, what are you thinking for that age group? You definitely want to put her in... A 16-year-old is going to want a name brand. They just are. So I feel like a lot of our teenagers really have gravitated toward Kate Spade. I know I've mentioned that several times, but Mm -hmm. it's the number one selling women's brand Mm -hmm. for umpteen million years. So um, I would say Kate Spade. I would say uh, some guests or candies. Um, And I would, depending on what her parents would say, I would even go with a Tiffany as well, just because, um, again, teenagers are kind of worried about uh, appearances and wanting to look cool and so you want image if you will yes. uh-huh. so you you want to and I maybe even a Ray-Ban I would say you could throw Ray-Ban in for a 16 year old as well we certainly see Ray-Ban that has been just in almost every generation classic right and I know it's you're not going anywhere not going anywhere <laughs> and in fact you've already stocked ahead of the schedule yes. a few of these Ray-Bans that a certain actor by the name of Tom Cruise just might be wearing in the next Top Gun, right? It's true. I've got them. They're on the floor. Uh-huh. So we can get them even before Tom. And then somebody could say, I, I could get one and say, look, Tom Cruise copied me. There right? you go. Yeah. I would. You think my wife will buy it? <laughs> Probably not. But you can go with it anyway. <laughs> thanks, thanks. All right. Um, kids, we have 40 to 42% of American kids now that are becoming nearsighted. Mm-hmm. It was 20 to 21% when I graduated 35 years ago. So it's a huge increase in nearsightedness. Separate topic for us to get into. But So I've got a five-year-old girl getting her first pair of glasses for nearsightedness. Help, help mom and dad. What type of things do you think about for that? So I, little girls want um, either pink, blue, 
or purple frames, typically. Those are, sometimes they want red, but they want the bright ones. And just shout out to the parents, let them get what they want because they will wear it. So you might not want her to be in those bright frames, but she will wear them Mm -hmm. if she gets to pick them out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love, brand-wise for us, I love our DB for K line, which is a Europa. It's an independent line. And I also love our Super Flex kids because they have lots of color. Some of our guest kids' frames, um, each of those brands have different different color styles. Some are striped. Um, they have bright glitter frames. And so I would uh, I would say that that's what a five-year-old girl would. Really cool. Really cool. Okay, one more. And, and this is really, really helpful. So I've got a 40-year-old woman executive who wants to portray strength, leadership, yet approachable and fun in her personality. Um, I, I would put her in a, a classic, sophisticated line, uh, probably a staple brand that's been around for a long time, like a Tom Ford or a Jimmy Choo. You could maybe get away with a Tiffany, but I feel like... Uh, Tom Ford has, they don't have a ton of color because most people that buy Tom Ford, they just want a black or a tortoise or a brown or they just, they want the tea on the side. So um, I would say that and Jimmy Choo has a little more color mix, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but those are two, two brands that I would start with. So is it true, and maybe this is because the Pantone color, is blue the new black? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think classic black's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I have been seeing some translucent blues. I've been seeing more navy or different shades of blue. Um, but I think as with every year, last year the color was, um, purple and then there was a coral color the year before that. And so those colors are not, I wouldn't say that they're, you know, they didn't stick around staple-wise, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um, I would say your staple colors are probably not going anywhere. But but we have seen more blue being incorporated over probably the last 10 years, wouldn't you say, maybe than before, or maybe a little bit more for men than, or is yes. it just my impression? No, I would say, um, especially for men, I would say black, brown, and either a navy or some sort of blue frame has has been around for a while. So I do think it's a staple, but I don't think it's going to take the place of like a black and a tortoise. Okay. Well, Steph, I could talk to you all the time because I really admire people that are so good at this. Um, and it really illustrates that there's not just one type of frame, shape, color, brand for everybody. There's really a lot of, a lot of thought that goes into the person to personalize the frame. Agreed? Agreed. And so I really appreciate the fact that you help our opticians uh, and our patients achieve the look and the vision that that, that we all want and that they all want. Um, When you're not making people look cool, (laughs) all right, hip like your dad, uh, (laughs) what hobbies do you have or things do you enjoy? Uh, Well, I am a worship leader at my church. Mm -hmm. Um, I love to sing and songwrite and be in the studio when I can. Um, I love to exercise. I hang out with my friends every Friday when we're not in the middle of a pandemic um, (laughs) and eat pizza. And uh, I love hanging out with my nieces and um, I love to travel and 
So, yeah. Very good. you got a lot of things that keep you interested. And one thing that you are very, very well known for here and in Williamson County is the fact that you uh, have a almost a solo every year, but you're part of a tremendous choral choir group, if you will, at Brentwood Baptist. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody's like, oh, Stephanie. And we, the fact that we know you, we're just, you know, we can, we can say we knew her when, right? It's so um, we, we appreciate that. So um, what do you want your patients to know about you? Anything that we haven't talked about? Um, I would say I, I just want them to know that I'm constantly thinking of ways to improve our optical, uh, the way that it looks, um, the way we merchandise it, the way I buy frames, um, and how we can improve our customer service and the way we train our opticians. And, you know, we're here to help you look and feel your best. So that's um, great. If people had suggestions like, oh, I wish you carried this or I'd like to see more of that. How could they get a hold of you? Uh, you can email me. Okay, um, what would that be? It's just Stephanie at CoolSpringsIcare.com. Okay, and that's Stephanie with a PH. With a PH. Okay, and it's an IE mm-hmm. at the end, right? That's right. Okay, that's Stephanie right. at CoolSpringsIcare.com. Mm-hmm. All right. And Or you can call the office. I have an extension up here, and they can transfer you. But, yeah, if you have suggestions, let me know. Very good, very good. We've often thought about, because we want to be a community resource, about sometimes when the reps come in, if there are people that certain really like a certain frame, it'd be great to have them kind of walk or, or be here and mm-hmm. actually participate in that process by maybe you know being your shadow, seeing how you pick frames sure. and looking at that. You might even ask their opinion on something if anybody's interested. I'd encourage them to, to email you, right? Yeah, I think absolutely. that'd be great. So Stephanie Moore, Steph, thanks for sharing some time with us, learning uh, or letting us learn a little bit about more about you, about how you go through your job as optical retail manager at Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care, and about how you help our patients to have. A great experience, more than just good eye care, but a great health care experience at our offices, and that's what it's all about. Stephanie, thank you very much. Thank you.